Welcome everybody to Secret Sauce, the show where we hear real-time insights from commercial real estate industry leaders. I'm Carly Iacono. Today, I am pleased to be joined by John Hendrickson, the president of the Midwest at Bricksmore. John, welcome to the show. How are you today? Good. Thanks, Carly. It's great to finally do this with you. Yeah, excited you could join us. Thanks for your time. So let's jump right in. Tell us a little bit about Bricksmore and your role there. All right, sure. So hopefully a lot of people know us, um, but we are a public real estate investment trust. 364 properties right now to about 65 million square feet. Um, I think we're at 31 states total um, that we are. And I run the Midwest. Um, so that's 76 properties, 16 million square feet and 11 states. Um, so just for traditional Midwest states. Nice. We are definitely in a very good space given how strong retail fundamentals are. So I'm sure Absolutely. you are uh, loving life more than some other people in the real estate industry right yeah, now. For sure. for sure. Yeah. Now, what differentiates you, in your opinion, from your competitors? We've right. seen so, just, an, just an amazing attention on open air retail and just incredible demand. So how do you see your unique benefit in the market? Right. So, I mean, I'd be remiss not to start with our people. Um, you know, we do actually have a core tenant that says that great real estate matters, but great people matter more. So that is definitely true. And I definitely have found that since I've been here at Bricksmore. But, you know, what we've been great about um, is execution. So, you know, when this uh, uh, management team came here in 2016, the property was really underinvested in all, the whole portfolio underinvested in. And so since 2016, we've invested more than $900 million and an 11% return. It's created like $750 million of value. And that's pretty low risk because um, we all of those projects would have been pre-leased and made sure our pricing is good and nothing complicated, no complicated mixed use projects or anything like that. So it was just, great um it's been great execution from that standpoint so you know and we're we see that over and over again now we're still seeing the follow-on effects of that we've had now 11 straight quarters where we've increased our small shop occupancy and we're at almost 90 percent 89.8 percent in small shop occupancy so that's one of the things that we've really been able to you know distinguish ourselves on is our execution on from a redevelopment standpoint um, and the other benefit we always talk about is the fact that we have a low, low rent basis. You know, we're not having to, you know, deal with anchors and a $30 rent kind of standpoint. We have single digit rents um, on a lot of the rents that we're um, having to turn. And so we've seen amazing increases. I've, I, we actually, this past quarter, we've had a record increase on new rollover spreads. So 56% spreads, meaning when the last tenant expired, the new tenant paid 56% more. And even with the bankruptcies that we've been dealing with, we've been able to, again, partially because of that low rent basis and partially what you're talking about, great demand, even with our bankrupt spaces, we've had a 76% um, rollover spread on the ones, you know, the bed baths of the world that we've had to replace in the Tuesday mornings and the Christmas trees shops um, that we replaced here um, this year. So. Um, That's a huge jump. Wow. Yeah, huge jump. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's fair to ask, okay, is, like, was a capital outrageous on those? And no, they were basically in line with what we've done in the past. And we've also seen 
record net effective rent. So it's, I think it's been, you know, that's been a very good result. Um, and, you know, we've been able to do this with a, um, basically using our free cash flow. So we're not having to go to the external markets much to execute our business plan at all. And our balance sheet has been in fantastic shape, which gives us a lot of dry powder. And I don't know, you might've seen it, but S&P actually just upgraded us to triple B. Um, and that was just something we just announced. And so that's, it's been, it's been great. So if I'm hearing you right, you've been very true to your pure retail mission when it comes to redevelopment. You haven't strayed off course and you've been finding opportunity within your own um, portfolio by right. increasing rents and reinvesting in your properties, um, which sounds like it's, it's certainly paying off. Now, diving into that reinvestment a little bit, is this uh, renovating facades? Is it new tenant build outs? Like, what did that deployment of capital really look like on an asset level? Yeah, it's a mix of stuff. So it could be renovating a facade. It could be just converting, you know, a block of space to a um, to maybe a large box tenant. Um, I'll give you an example of a project we have here in the Chicago region. We had um, a large in the corner of the space in the corner of the property. We had a large uh, actually two-story former health club that was vacant for a long time. We could not figure out how to retenant it for another two-story health club. Um, and then we also had a, a series of um, small shop spaces next to it, probably um, 60,000 or more square feet of vacancy. And we tore that down um, at, and converted, put in a grocery store and then a Burlington coat next door for that corner. And then as part of that, renovated the entire facade, retenanted the, basically the whole property, and um, you know, created, been able to get more a double-digit return um, from that. So, um, so it's a mix of everything. But again, we it's very important that it's you know, it's not it's low risk. It's not spec. We're not doing any spec building. Um, you know, we're not going to start a project until we have it either 100% or substantially pre-lease. So you've been very conservative sounds yeah, like sure. as well, while, while still finding growth. Are you doing any pure play acquisitions? How else are you finding opportunity in the market? Sure. Well, I mean, last year we bought nine assets, um, including three here in Chicago region. Um, you know, we're very much about expanding our existing markets, you know, clustering around where we already have assets. We find that we do our best work when we can work on a cluster of properties. Um, but, you know, this year we haven't bought anything. We've been very patient with the rise in rates. We're waiting for the market to settle down. So it's not something uh, we're trying to stay patient and, again, keep our powder dry. There's a whole lot of patience going around commercial real estate sure right, right now. <laughs> Maybe funny. not in the brokerage community, but everybody else seems to be patient. So no, I'm just teasing. It's uh, the year. That's the buzzword of the year. Patient. Patience. It is. It's a good song. So it sounds like you're you're ready for for 2024 and the opportunities that might bring. Oh, for sure. That's what I'm most looking forward to next year is hopefully we can buy some more stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And do you think you would expand into other markets? I think your cluster philosophy is interesting, right? You want to really stay close to home or close to somewhere that you have existing assets. Has there been talk of just branching out into brand new markets or not yet? No, not yet. I mean, really, there's, we've 
there's enough places that we can fill in in our existing market that we think we can have good opportunities and great risk adjusted re returns that there's no reason to do that. Just try to stray at the moment. So mm -hmm. not at the moment, um, you'll probably see us stay, stay in our markets we've already invested in, um, you know, still big presence in Florida, big presence in California, you know, here in the Midwest, even we find great risk adjusted returns that, um, have been great. So now I think you'll just see us focus on that. Stay the course. Stay and that's why course. Uh, you're being rewarded with a higher S and P rating, right? Yeah, Lower yeah, risk exactly. perspective exactly. in the market. Yeah. Interesting. Talk to me about your tenant mix in the last few years. Have you seen it shift? You mentioned taking out the fitness facility, backfilling that with a grocer. It's an interesting you know, trajectory there. Have you added medtail or really kind of changed any of your core tenants post pandemic? Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, wellness is still a huge part and it has been in the last few years, right? There is that traditional still fitness user, but also the boutique fitness has been big but even like urgent cares have uh, on out parcels is something we've done a lot of and bed spas you know the laser remote laser services has been something much more recent um you know also with that you know food has been has become much more prevalent um certainly the idea of um especially since the pandemic quality retailers who took traditionally would just focus on urban settings coming out to the suburbs like we've done a couple deals with shake shack which has been great torchy's tacos you know the cooper's hawks of the world that's been that making you know making food an anchor of a project is something that's certainly been an evolution so it's a little ironic that both it's uh, wellness and food at the same time but you know it can be both yeah. yes to to wellness and medtail, yes to food, and it sounds like more interesting, maybe regional brands coming in to to centers in their markets. Yeah. Is there a specific concept or emerging brand that you haven't seen in one of the centers yet that you're excited about, or something that you're just starting to build a relationship with that you think has good long-term potential? Well, I mean, one thing that we've been real focused on is the concept of bringing out traditional mall retailers to our properties, mm -hmm. you know, Skechers, we've done a ton of deal, JD Sport, Bath and Body Works, J. Crew did our first uh, Lulu Lemon deal um, in the portfolio. So, you know, more expanding that, I think will continue to be an important part of what we do, especially as you see, you know, the B and C mall still struggling um, and the retailers seeing that they can really be profitable in our portfolios. Um, and then, you know, we've been focused a lot too on specialty grocer. You know, our portfolio right now is 74% grocery. We want to keep expanding that and done several deals with Sprouts and Trader Joe's and then some local grocery operators. So um, I think continuing to expand that and to have, mm -hmm. especially the, the ethnic um, grocers in specific markets can be very interesting. You've mentioned grocers a few times. Are you finding that the square footage is coming in for these specialty grocers year over year? I, I feel like the prototypes keep getting smaller, but maybe that's just a regional difference. How they are do, they, okay. yeah, it depends. That's a good question. I mean, it's it's evolved and it seems to fluctuate mm -hmm. back and forth depending on when you talk to them. So right, uh, and we've done some you know forty thousand square foot 
uh, grocery. We've done some 60, obviously have some Kroger's in the portfolio, you know, like hundred thousand square feet. Um, so it just, it does evolve. Um, on so you're really taking their lead instead of saying, we believe grocery should be 45,000 square feet. We're going to build it. Who's going to come? You're right. saying no, we, we like these we relationships. Not, yeah. You run with your prototype. Right. We have not been lucky on dictating. <laughs> doesn't work. Doesn't yeah. usually work. That's true. Fair enough. So aside from being a re retail landlord, which is a wonderful place to be in the market right now, obviously there's a lot of stress in, in the rest of the market. Have yeah. you been affected by interest rates or the stress in capital markets uh, overall? Or is that really not come into play because you're able to reinvest proceeds at this time? Yeah, so for us, no. I mean, you know, as I mentioned, we've we've been lucky enough that we can basically fund from free cash flow, and so we haven't had a tap to externally for growth. Um, we have a bill, over a billion dollar line of credit that you know available to us, um, but you know, of course, the cost of capital has increased generally, so our expectations have increased and. And that's why we've been patient on the acquisition front because our expectations, the expectations and seller expectations haven't met yet. And I think that's a broad problem in the market right now. That is for sure. Yes, that, that's <laughs> the case. Um, aside from potential stress in capital markets or bid ask spreads, are you facing any other challenges in your business? And if so, how are you overcoming them? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we're heading, we start to solve more bankruptcies this year than certainly we did the last couple of years. Um, but they're all been names that we've been expecting. Um, and, you know, we'll probably get back to, uh, again, a normal course of kind of failures. But from the standpoint, you know, there hasn't been new supply. That's always, that's where we're lucky. That's, you know, other product types aren't so lucky is to have the lack of supply. And so the, as there continues to be great demand so that, you know, we have not, we've been able to backfill, you know, that's uh, over 70% spread that I talked about on the bankruptcy there. Uh, we've been able to backfill when we've had issues. So, you know, that is obviously um, an issue we've had, you know, there was always historically supply chain, the supply chain issue and the cost of building tenants out has been something we've all had to deal with. Um, what's helpful for us is the idea of working with our tenants. I mean, they want to get open, they need to get stores open. So, you know, if we need to have, sit down and have a conversation with them about value engineering, we can. Um, and, you know, maybe you don't need a brand new bathroom. Maybe you can just renovate where it is instead of moving it, those kind of conversations. That all has been a challenge the last couple of years, but it's been something that we've been able to work through with the relationship. So that's been helpful. Have you seen the the supply chain issues moderating? I, I'm hoping you're going to say yes. Yeah, it's gotten better. I, but they're still, feeling, but they're still, still difficult. Yeah, there's still pieces that are, you know, like we still have mm -hmm. issues with getting electric switches can take mm -hmm. you know, months and months. It's it's And it's random. Sometimes some HVACC is still taking months to get. And so then you have to work around it. It just, um, it, there's just still pockets of it, which is very right. strange. Yeah. And that makes it hard to prepare if it's a, a random item that's different project to project, right? It's not yep. one thing that we all know is in short supply. It's um, just individual small item that could hold things up. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. For sure. 
So we have to end, of course, on a bright spot. So what is a, a retail trend or theme? doesn't have to be specific tenant related, but something that you are excited or bullish about for retail through the next year. Well, it's, it, to me, it's the fun stuff. It's the entertainment concepts that are coming. The, you know, even a little experiential retail. Like I love the fact that Dick's is doing their house of sport concept that I've seen. That I love that they're, you know, trying to do something different with a, you know, old concept. But or like the Tiger Woods have a concept called Pop Stroke that I've seen. That's fun. Uh, but you know, you you play pickleball. Uh, I, I don't. Not really. Uh, um, nobody really sorry. does. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> we talk about it a lot. I feel like but we all talk about it a lot, but we definitely do. And you know, it's fun. <laughs> I, I think it's cool. It's going to be cool to see in the next couple of years, these concepts right. coming out and how they, you know, spin it and how they bring food and beverage to it. You know, chicken and pickle out of Kansas city does a real nice job. There's, you know, new concept camp pickle. We've done a couple of deals with ACE pickleball, um, which mm -hmm. is, uh, good, like they just did one and they haven't opened yet, but we just did sign the lease in Louisville for an old, uh, actually another fitness center um, that they're taking over. And, um, you know, I think that's going to be interesting to watch how that develops. Um, you know, I tried to play pickleball a couple weeks ago in Detroit. And we couldn't get an uh, indoor court. So certainly wow. right now there's demand for uh, for that. And, you know, from a landlord standpoint, not only do you get an interesting use, like in the ACE example, you end up getting franchisees that have experience from other concepts and they're, um, have great financial backing. So to me, that's the fun thing. That's going to be fun to watch of, you know, where does that concept go? And does it have long-term staying power, power, which I think it does. And I'd love to see the foot traffic trends yeah. from a site like that, right? If you open up a big pickleball experience facility, people are coming, they're dining, they're spending yep. time at the center, they're coming and going, maybe they're playing regularly, you're just going to have a whole new crop of consumers coming to your center, I would guess. So, totally, totally. Another so, benefit. Yeah, and it's totally, and what's helpful too in all of this, and it blows with fitness, is that retailers, traditional retailers are more open to the idea of having these part of the mix, right? Right. Um, and that makes it a heck of a lot easier on the consents front and everything, so it's been great. Do you have any concerns with parking when it comes to these experiential, like you pickleball? You I definitely have to issue. pay attention to it, but I hope right. you know, they tend to have their peaks should be different than peaks of other mm. retailers. So you have to, uh, but you have, do have to pay attention to it, make sure there's a good field. And like in this case, the one I talked about in Louisville was an old fitness club. So it had already had a big right. field set up for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. Makes sense. Good. Well, maybe we'll see you on the court or. We'll For check sure. in with you in six months and you'll be a you know pickleball champion in, in the league. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Keep us posted for sure. Absolutely. John, this this was great. I really appreciate you giving us an update on how Bricksmore has been doing and the, the path forward. And congrats again on that SP upgrade. That's big news. So happy for you all. Thank and you. I hope 2024 brings you the same, if not greater, level of success. Appreciate it. Thank you. And to everyone listening, that was Secret Sauce. We're happy you could tune in and we look forward to seeing you again very soon. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks again, John. Thank you.